it's week 21 2021 and it's press conference season snap announced new stuff maybe some of twitter's new stuff leaked and google announced lots of shopping stuff to claw back some ground given up to amazon let's get to it Welcome to Clickbait and Switch, a marketing podcast that tries to cut through the bullshit and hook you up with what you need to know, what you don't, and what stories should be getting more love than they're getting. I'm Mark Dolinsky. On the other mic, Gisela Slizer, and we're going to kick it off with Snapchat. So Snapchat continues to lead the way in AR development for brands. And last week was Snap's Partner Summit, an annual event where the company announces a whole bunch of cool new stuff. And among them, tools at the wazoo. Gisela, break it down. We have layers in Snap Maps where select businesses can showcase information inside the map itself, a standalone editing app for short form video called Story Studio. In the app, you can see trending sounds, topics, and lenses, and you can also trim and crop content and add captions and stickers. So sounds like TikTok Studio, but for Snapchat. Exactly. TikTok comes <laughs> to Snapchat. There's also connected lenses. This will allow users to interact via a lens in real time, wherever they are in the world. Um, the scan button gets center stage. I love the idea of the scan button. It lets you scan something and find tons of information around it. There's like lots of information around dog breeds, for example. So you can scan a dog and finally find out what breed your dog is or flowers or plants. And now it's expanding to other stuff. You can expect coming soon, for example, an all recipes lens where you can scan an item in your fridge and get recipes to do with it. How cool is that? This has just undercut a whole bunch of apps in the market, like bird identifiers, plant identifiers, recipe apps, like buy to all those apps. But if you're not on Snapchat, you know, you can still use the other apps. So I suppose different um, audiences. There's also e-commerce tools specifically for clothing. A reminder here that recently Snapchat has been making purchases towards expanding its e-com offer. So for example, it bought Fit Analytics recently, which is a tech that helps shoppers find the right sized apparel and footwear. Now they came up with this thing they're calling ScreenShop, which is an integration with the scan feature that allows users to for example, scan a friend's outfit. You can also select a photo from your memories, whatever. But the point is that you'll use this image to get served shopping recommendations so you can shop the item or similar items like it. Snap with this also announced a new 3D body mesh tool and cloth simulation tool for the Lens Studio. So it's going to allow brands to make realistic and immersive product try-on lenses. That's pretty cool. I mean, they also announced a bunch of stuff that is just table stakes now. So public brand profiles, brands can now have an organic presence on Snapchat and create their own content. About time. Right. <laughs> so it's all in one discoverable place. There's mobile and web management tools that will be available through a business manager. Gifting, we've seen this appear on every other social app, it seems, in the past couple weeks. So rolling out later this year, there's going to be a tipping feature for fans to send tokens to their favorite creators. When a subscriber sees a snap, they can like from their favorite snap stars. They can use snap tokens to send a GIF and kickstart a conversation. These snap stars can earn a share of the revenue, which is kind of interesting. Again, this sort of creator culture, this creator economy that's really growing at the moment. And then snap stars have control over the types of messages they receive with the custom filtering. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because that's weird, right? That you can gift the snap star to start a conversation. So the snap star is kind of obliged to respond, I guess. Is this kind of like OnlyFans, but for Snapchat? Yeah, I don't know. There's something awkward about this that I'm not sure about. 
That's something that's super cool that we're excited to play with, but we can't yet. So Snap's new spectacles let you see this world in an augmented reality. So these are the fourth generation version of Snap Spectacles, and they come from this secret hardware division of the company called Snap Lab. And we assume they don't share office space with Facebook Reality Lab, although I'm sure Facebook's going to come up with something very similar and they're designed to be worn indoor and outdoors there's two front-facing cameras that use the software that snap has built for its mobile phone lenses to automatically detect physical surfaces and place effects in a way that doesn't obstruct the real world so this is kind of like the vr we always wanted is this like sort of integrated seamless ar version which is super cool there's two stereo speakers that capture audio and allow the wearer to control them by voice so another element of something you can control by voice and a touchpad on the side of the frame that allows the wearer to switch the air effects they're seeing. So you can cycle through different styles of lenses, which is kind of sweet. And then the Snaplad is also said to be working on a camera drone, which is somewhat terrifying, but hey, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's weird, right? It's like this whole alternate reality being layered on, it gamifies reality completely. Yeah. And like we went through the Snap Customer AR Global Report for 2021, and there's lots of nuggets of information in there, but it's fascinating to see Snapchat really go all in on this sort of AR experience. Like that's become their north. For the longest time, I was like, yeah, you know, your snaps disappear and whatever, all that sort of crap. But the AR is going to be the thing that saves them and turns them into sort of like this e-com powerhouse if it really sort of grows and becomes more commonplace. I agree. It really sets them apart so far from the other platforms. All right. So we jump in the other things that caught our eye this week. Let's do it. All right. Pinterest introduces Idea Pins, a video first feature aimed at creators. Yes, this is the pin version of TikTok. Uh, mixed with good old-fashioned stories for good measure. Creators can record and edit using tools like voiceover, background music, transitions, video overlays, ad stickers, just like in stories. And they can tag other creators, just like in stories. So Pinterest <laughs> is working with uh, a royalty-free music database to make them sort of sexy, I guess, but they're going to have nowhere near the depth of the TikTok universal music database. But whatever. Good job, Pinterest. Spotify will auto-transcribe podcasts over the coming weeks, and we'll see what they do with my name, which um, our <laughs> producer tells us it's been butchered by automatic. Or my name, for crying out loud. Mark is okay. Mark sure. is easy. <laughs> but our last names are just gong shows for these auto-transcribers. They have Both no of them. We need to become like Mark Smith and Anna John or something. <laughs> also, Spotify starts selling concert tickets. Interesting development there into IRL in real life. There's five different concert streams going on, which will air throughout May and June. The shows aren't available on demand and they aren't accessible through the Spotify app. So you have to watch on a browser, I guess, on a web browser. You can see the Black Kids or Leon Bridges, among other. And the concerts will only be given one time at a cost of $15. Interesting. Interesting. So Instagram is testing support for browser-based posting. This is according to developer and leaker Alessandro Paluzzi, who discovered the evidence in the Instagram code. Why wasn't this already a thing? About time. Good job, Instagram. Facebook, you may have seen, now hosts live shopping Fridays featuring beauty, fashion, and skincare brands. And it'll do this each week until mid-July in an attempt to try and lure audiences for shopping purposes to the platform. Twitter has relaunched verification and also introduced new guidelines for verified accounts. So it's rolling out gradually for everyone to apply. So to qualify, your account must be complete and you must be either government, a company, brand, or organization, a news organization, or journalist, some sort of entertainment figure, sports and gaming. They are also going to be verified as well as activists, organizers, and other influential individuals. Individuals. All right, so into the bait. 
So this last week, information leaked about this thing called Twitter Blue, which is potentially the new subscription service for Twitter, available at $3. An app researcher, Jane Manchun Wong, tweeted that she had found it in the code as well. So Twitter Blue would include an undo tweets feature and bookmark collections. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so that is three dollars for two things that you haven't been asking for so there's other ways of doing this and scott galloway has been on this for a while and with three hundred and thirty thousand shares in the company i'd probably be doing the exact same thing and begging for a paid structure that makes sense so in his version there's a tiered system where the more followers you have and the more impact thus you have in your posts it would be how you would be charged for your subscription. So zero to 10,000 would be free. 10,000 plus you start getting charged, in other words, for having so much influence over something. And what's interesting about that model is that you're paying for the influence that you have rather than being influenced as sort of a passive consumer. Yeah, yeah you're paying to get money. You're paying for a service. To promote. Yeah. I mean, this version, this $3 Twitter blue bullshit, I mean, it's it's kind of like a, just a giant cash grab where it's like that, sort of Google Cloud, Apple bonus storage space kind of thing where you kind of, some people pay it and it's this recurring revenue thing, which sure, I guess, but like really just spend the three bucks, buy a local coffee shop and just delete your tweet if you fuck it up. Agreed. Way more interesting this week is Google's big announcements that they did last week. Yeah, I mean, Google announced a whole bunch of things and the, and the main sort of thing to pull out of it is they're trying to catch up on this sort of shopping journey. So for fun facts, it's been over 20 years of Google's existence and the beast that it is continues to dominate the search engine market with over 90% of all search. But when you look at product-related searches, the research shows that more than half of US consumers use Amazon instead. Pinterest has also revealed that there are now over 5 billion searches on its platform each month. And so product searches in particular are up almost 20-fold year-on-year and then number of searches made by the Gen Z, Gen Z in Canada audience has increased by 96%. So every social media platform is racing to develop the best e-commerce experience possible. We just talked about how Snapchat's trying to do it sort of through the AR filter lens. And here we go, Google. Yeah, so first things first, before shopping, other fun stuff they announced, they added 150,000 kilometers of bike lanes to Maps. Also in the Maps app, coming soon, there's a new eco-friendly route option that will give you the most fuel-efficient routes that's pretty cool. I'm also hoping for one that's going to tell us where you can recharge your electric vehicle, for example. And another feature called Safer Routing will use machine learning to determine the safest route for you based on weather and traffic. I mean, that's bold for Google. To declare something safe. Yeah. Or safer than something else. And you're bypassing certain places because of certain reasons. It's going to be an interesting how that gets navigated politically. Yes, that's uh, an interesting development. Well, let's dive into search. Yes. So in search, kind of starting to dive into shopping as well. One improvement example used during the keynote was kind of like the Snaps screenshot, but the Google solution for it. So you can, for example, take a photo of a pair of boots and ask Google if they could be used to, say, hike Mount Fuji. The system would then analyze the boots in the photo and provide the requested answer. 
again, think about the legal implications of this. But most interesting to us as well is think about the type of content that the Boots brands will have to start to develop around their product in order to show up in search results. That's right, based on photographs. Yeah, based on photo and the type of questions that people will ask using photos. Like this can really fundamentally change the way we search Google and the type of searches that are appearing on the platform. You know, the same way that, for example, the voice applications have made us search in a more kind of colloquial or spoken way. Yeah, rather than sort of keyword mashing. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen with photography? We'll, we'll see how that evolves. But moving on. So shopping, they're calling uh, this new thing a shopping graph. So last year, Google offered product listings for free to brands. And uh, as a result, so Google increased its catalog by 70% and its merchant roster by 80%. So Google now sees more than a billion shopping sessions and activities like conducting image searches or watching unboxing videos daily. So they have data now. And so Google made its pitch to online advertisers, thanks to its first party data here, describing how its shopping graph would now begin to pull information from across websites, price reviews, videos, and product data pulled directly from brands and retailers to help better inform online shoppers about where to find items, how well they were received, and which merchant has the best price and more. So it's going to pull all these reviews and give you, in theory, sort of a crowdsourced answer, but it has all of this first-party data behind it. Yeah, I don't even, I think it's not only reviews, but also based prices, right? So Yeah, it's like a super in-depth Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, sounds crazy, but also useful from a shopper perspective. Absolutely. Google has also improved its visual search functionality. So using the Google Lens, users can point to an object, any object, and the lens will identify what that item is and provide information from Google's shopping graphs. So like we were just saying, they offer to the advertisers. As a consumer, you can see where you can buy, what are the attributes to know about this product that you should look out for, etc. Google has also teamed up with Shopify to allow the Shopify sellers to list their items on Google shopping sites, as well as on Maps and YouTube. Again, a little bit like Snapchat's offer, but for the Google platform, interesting. Yeah, it's the fully integrated offer, as well as the massive collection of first-party data. Yes. Um, Also, consumers who shop via Google Chrome browser will start to see an open cards from past couple of weeks. So a bit of a card abandonment feature, but within, I don't know if that's going to like cross-reference different e-com sites and let you know which ones you're left hanging, or maybe that's going to be an ad option for merchants. I don't know, some interesting thing going on there as well as tying in your loyalty programs to your Google Chrome and your Google accounts so that you can see which item will give you more points. Full on shopping experience. Well, that's it. And they're basically going straight up against Amazon and they're trying to put it all together and be a bit more diverse in its offering, which is kind of interesting. All right, that's it. So thanks to Cloudraker for buying support for our podcast and we should state these opinions are ours. So there you go. Giselle, final words? Subscribe, like, share, listen. I love you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye.